Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Tennis with an Accent. This is your host, Saqib Ali. And uh, today I'm just going back to the roots. You know, you all know, I mean, I'm an Indian, but now based in US with a US citizenship, but my tennis love started in India. And uh, I've bored the listeners about the Boris Becker connection, the Martina Navratilova stories, how tennis was televised, you know, only for majors. We didn't get our French Open semifinal for the first time till 91. First US Open was covered in 91 when Prime Stores took over the tennis coverage from India's national television, which is Doordarshan. And as an organic pathway to the podcast and my presence, most of the listenership does come from India and Indians based in the US. So today, you know, we'll unpack a lot of myths surrounding Indian tennis and a lot of questions that, you know, some of us in our fan circles uh, try to tackle. Uh, but you know what? We'll have one of the best voices in Indian tennis, uh, Prajwal Hegre. You know, works for Times of India, has been covering tennis for more than you know two decades. She'll help us unpack all these things. And you know, it was hard getting her here because she's busy. And of course, Roland Garros just concluded. Every tennis journalist, you know, had their schedules booked. And now, guess what? Wimbledon starts in like less than twelve days. But Prajwal is kind enough to take time. It's uh, uh, five p.m. Uh, in India, and uh, it's seven thirty in Boston. So. We can get this recording for for your listening. Uh, welcome to the show, Prajwal. It's uh, it's an absolute delight to have you here. Thank you, Sakib. Uh, I'm happy to be here, and um, let's let's talk tennis. Exactly. You know, I don't need preparation, but then I do need preparation to get the best out of you because I'm sure you can you know you can hit any question out of the park because you know the volume and the quality you have shown while covering tennis. So just so the listeners, you know, I'm sure the listeners know you, but again. Uh, so I get more comfortable here uh, in yeah. asking more questions. What is your connection with tennis? How did this all plan out? Was it accidental? Were you playing? What drew you to tennis? Uh, and you became a reporter. Um, so I, I used to play tennis. I'm from the, you know, Leander Maheshira. Um, and uh, so uh, I stopped. I had a very bad injury, and that's why I stopped playing tennis. And when I stopped, but I wasn't a, any great talent or anything. I was just okay. Uh, so then I got, uh, I was studying journalism at that point, and I was very sure that I was going to do sports journalism. That was a. I was absolutely sure about that. And when my first job in midday Mumbai, I had an editor, a sports editor called Ayaz Beeman, and. Um, we had a team, we were an all-girl team. We were three girls and, uh, you know, we were we worked together. One of them is Sharda Ugra. The other one is Himalasha. So we worked for, I think, two years together. And I think uh, Ayaz sent me to cover the a national hardcore tournament, uh, a championship, sorry, not tournament. And uh, Garam Narekar won it. And uh, when I came in to office, he said, this is your beat. This is what you should do. And that's how I I decided this is what I was going to do to an to an uh, exclusivity almost. You know, it's uh, it's so funny. Like I wanted to bring this uh, up at some point of the conversation mm-hmm. because uh, listen to a Harsha Bhogle podcast when he was hosted by Amit Verma in his podcast, and he you know mm-hmm. mentioned this uh, you know the team of the midday midday, and you know you you three became later on the big three of Indian you know, sports uh, journalism. Mm-hmm. So was was cricket ever an option? Because you know that I have to ask. Because uh, uh, when a budding journalist is going uh, into you know a, you know covering sports as a profession, 
mm-hmm. are you looking for a niche sport as tennis or was cricket did cricket ever cross your mind again it's more like stereotyping but i just want to understand you know how this was approached you know say two decades ago from your side mm-hmm. i also was very clear that i had to do cricket because he said it is it is you know religion in india so you can't just do tennis so i did a, lo- a hell of a lot of hockey i did a lot of uh, you know, cricket not a lot but i did some cricket but i knew you know like i said with that national hardcore tournament the gaura one i was really sure this is what i wanted to do and for me it worked also because that generation that then went on to you know uh, play uh, played a very high a fairly high level for for indian tennis if you must say that uh, uh, i was lucky because i was part of that generation and i knew the way they thought i knew i had access to them so i was not going to give that up to cover any more cricket than i had to so yes very early in my career i went with tennis and so so did you have to work extra hard to keep in with the cricket or you also were an avid cricket follower so i mean did it come naturally because i know it's clear that you were a tennis player and your you know your heartbeat was mm-hmm. for tennis uh, so was it a challenge to balance cricket uh, with it uh see okay so mitte is uh, it's not a hardcore news place okay it's uh, you didn't have we were we were always burdened with that alag angle you know what the morningers do not have so we could never report a match from the first ball we had to find the story so now it is very easy sharda and i often laugh about this and say that you know this is this is a breeze because this is what we were born to do i mean this is what we start this is how we started journalism you know not not the obvious story the other story so uh, uh, because of which i didn't uh, it, it saved me from actually you know sitting through matches uh for cricket matches i happily sat through tennis matches you know to actually spend that much time in other ground playing grounds that yes i had an interest but not huge interest i was hugely invested also in hockey that's that's another heart um, another sport my heart beats for but cricket just never did it for me i i have no idea why it didn't but it just didn't no, we are glad it worked out this way because you know tennis is richer i think uh you know with your contribution so elaborate on this part like you know the story versus the match report so has this uh, changed with the consumption because like uh, today all sports you know mm-hmm. are not televised from a proper you know streaming channel or website you can find streaming mm-hmm. links so you know hardly a ball gets missed if uh, mm-hmm. jokovic is playing somewhere you know you could be in any part of the world and mm-hmm. even if you want to say see gulbis in a challenger i think you probably will get a link so mm-hmm. elaborate on the story part like uh, so is the audience more interested in the story that's what you're trying to say or the match report with quotes is the old fashioned way i mean do they both still coexist in in terms of reporting uh in that sort of sense i think uh, india and uh, the indian consumption is a little different still because we're still in in a large part newspaper dominant the internet is really big It, it, there's no doubt about it but a lot of homes still pick up the morning newspaper so because of this because of which yes the scores need to be there but for me fortunately because of uh, you know midday and my early training i always uh, 
you because because of those early days and because you cannot report what was there i mean what happened in a match i always looked for something more so which meant more hours in the ground on the ground you went earlier than everybody else you left later than everybody else trying to look for the story that hopefully the morning has missed and the, and i think that sort of trained your eye to look at things you know, uh, a little differently like um, you know you look at a point where maybe the match turned okay and you dwell on it maybe take it back to practice maybe take it back to a time when or in another match something happened that caused something like this you just you just dig more so it it is more time consuming but for us for all of us who worked in in um, in an afternoon newspaper it comes very naturally now it's not even i mean the the straight report is not even something i think about so it's it's never it's it's never an option to say in the third ball here today in the second set here today no it's just it it, it does not work like that and sure. and fortunately internet took over and changed things for us and made and made this kind of writing more prevalent if you must say uh, in in these times no you you absolutely right i mean i miss you know india and i miss the early morning newspapers my father used to have you know because more span to so we used to get the statesman the pioneer the hindu there were times mm-hmm. we used to get five newspapers on sunday and then i think two newspapers every day so mm-hmm. i remember those days so uh, again just uh, let's dig deeper here so mm-hmm. uh, with t- today's consumption and the younger crowd you know that you're fighting i'm sure you know for the attention mm-hmm. span of the reader even though it's still a newspaper dominant market like mm-hmm. in us you know we i mean there are newspapers where the sales have gone down drastically it's all digital so mm-hmm. if you are covering say a big match or if you're covering say roland garros how do you mm-hmm. divert i'm sure you have total leverage what to cover how do you pinpoint your energies and story do you want to follow jokovic's 19th all the way do you want to and of course follow federer's comeback and nadal's dominance or do you look for other global stories and what part of the indian coverage occupies your space like how bopanna is doing in doubles is that mm-hmm. a balancing act or is that a preferred uh you know mode for the reader because you know tennis was always international but i want to know like you know how much of bopanna and you know ramkumar and nagal are on your radar mm-hmm. compared to the big 3 and what you know which way do you lean for your stories in a major the when you start off uh, sakib for me it is uh, when i start you know two days before a slam or three days before a slam when you get there what you're looking at is entirely indian because there is a chance there's a guy in the first round there's uh, or the qualifiers are just ending so you look those days are exclusively for our players because that is the last chance you really have with your singles players right because we haven't had many you know second rounds or even even second rounds uh, so yes so that is the uh, that is the time i give entirely to our players i don't uh, i'm i'm usually the only indian there so that's how i, I for me that, that's non negotiable whatever anybody else wants or doesn't want that time is for the, for an indian player yes after that it is like you said it's always been a global sport in india so the federers the nadals the djokovic they are big they, they i mean there is a, a serena uh, osaka they are like humongous so there is a huge hunger for you know news on on that which i i think i have to always follow and also while following that you always have 
one developing story, one qualifier breaking through. In every Grand Slam, you have one human, a great human interest story. That's you know, and which which you have to follow. So yes, yeah, so in a way, it is easier, I would say, for an Indian journalist because there's lots of stuff happening, and in a way, it's almost heartless because, you know. You don't have your own player, and you want so desperately to have your own player, and and you know that the only way the sport in this country can go grow is for that for it to have an anchor, you know, in your own player. We need a top ten, or not even a top ten. I would say a challenger in each in in the majors, and if we don't have that, yeah, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to cover, but yes, it you know has to be done. Yeah, you're right. We would love to have a Jan Leonard Struff knocking a Rublev out and be happy he yeah. makes a fourth round. Or you know, you're yes. absolutely right. That's why Sanya Mirza, you know, ascension in the early 2004-5 when you know yeah. she made few second weeks uh, mm-hmm. was such a big news. So again, uh, this this conversation you know can can have many. You know, we are at a <laughs> we are at a circle. We can you know like a rotary. They say mm-hmm. we can go in many directions. So let's yeah. talk about the importance of quotes. You know, I talked to senior journalist uh, Richard Evans. I'm sure you know you know him very well. Mm-hmm. So he was, yeah. you know, he's been covering since uh, you know early 70s, and he told me uh, the mm-hmm. quotes added a new element to the story uh, because mm-hmm. someone scored a century in cricket, or you know, someone you know beat someone else in a quarterfinal at Wimbledon. The mm-hmm. 42nd quote can just you know add so much to the story in, in terms of report. Uh, and I know you are an mm-hmm. ITF uh, journalist. You are there on almost any major. So how reliant mm-hmm. are you on quotes? I mean, is that uh, still the method or, you know, you can do a plain interview to support a story mm-hmm. or, you know, or, or, or the press room experience, you know, which has been talked with the Osaka incident recently. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. What's your overall take on the quote? You know, how, you know, the whole press room environment, how much are you dependent to, you know, publish stuff and, you know, just, just speak on those issues. Okay. Uh, the press conference is... Um, Can I write a story without a press conference? Sure. I think almost every seasoned journalist who's been around can do it Uh, without, you know, without, uh, without missing a beat, having just taking every, every, you know, giving you the whole picture. It's possible. And and it's been done a few times. I'm sure everybody has, has had to do it because often when you're facing deadlines, you have no time to get those quotes in. You send it at least, for you know, uh, upcountry editions, you just say, hit the send button as soon as it's done without a single uh, line, of course. But it's always two sides, right? There are there are maybe things we did not know, we did not notice in a match. So when a player then comes and tells you, no, this is not why this happened, or this is not why I started slowly. I was not nervous. I was, you know, for whatever reason, I was. Uh, you know, I started slowly or I, whatever, I lost a few games. It, it gives you perspective. It, 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 it makes you understand their story. And finally, Sake, what are we doing? We're telling stories, right? We're telling a story to the reader. And you have to have it, you have to have the full 360 degree take. And, and because of which, uh, it's, you cannot, uh, it's a simple, it's a simple thing, Sakib. See, when you have a job, uh, any corporate job, you might have to swipe into work every day, right? And maybe you get 
maybe there are people who get a little, uh, you know, scared to swipe or take the elevator or whatever. You can't say, I can't do that because of X, Y, Z reasons. And then say whatever you want to, you can cut from my salary. You can't do that, right? You have to work towards it because that's the system. It is a system that has worked ad nauseum in, in selling tennis as a sport and as a story, which is, I think tennis depends on it. And, and like I said, can we do it without the courts? I'm sure we can. But is that the way to do it? I don't think so. We need, we, we, we need that interaction. It is important. And also, I think, at least with, with most credible media, they will, what, what social media will, does not give you is the balanced story. And I think with the credible, with the credible media or, you know, the, the older publishing houses, or whatever you want to call them, you will get the balanced story. You will get the whole story. And I think that is, there is a real crying need for that at this time. The whole story must be told. But uh, due to the rise of social media, players taking you know their mm-hmm. <laughs> their their media fortunes in their own hands, especially mm-hmm. the famous ones and also not so famous ones, because that's the direct mm-hmm. connect, right? So and, and media, you know, a lot of time is just is such a generic term, you know, be it sports or politics, it gets thrown out loosely. And I'm sure people who work in the media yeah. don't like mm-hmm. that, but that's a part and parcel, you know, everything's blame on media. Oh, media is lazy. Oh, media is yeah. this, media is that. And I've been in media rooms, uh, like I said, in Miami. And uh, mm-hmm. sorry, a little digression, but, you know, I'll come to the question. And I mm-hmm. also was there as a fan. No one was paying me. So I was like a kid in a candy store running around for interviews, running around to court seeing matches, mm-hmm. going in the mix zone, get two minutes with Goffan, you know, two minutes with Plishkova. So, and I thought when I saw some questions, again, not to disrespect anyone, I didn't understand the process. I'm saying, oh, I know more than these people. Why are they even here? Why mm-hmm. are they asking this? But then you certainly realize as you, you know, become friends with other journalists, you understand the business. Someone could be there just covering for a local uh, newspaper. Their profession may not be tennis, but that was a day job. They, they got assigned there to cover three days of Miami Open. And they might be writing a fun story about, you know, if pink is the color for 2017 Miami. And I thought, you know, mm-hmm. that's not the first question you should ask. So again, I, mm-hmm. I've learned this and I've been only to Miami twice and three times to Montreal and maybe, you know, a handful mm-hmm. of tournaments. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, you said something important, you know, the dependency on quotes, you know, is it needed? It's not. So, you know, I, I get that. So let, let me get to mm-hmm. the other part here. When people say, oh, mm-hmm. this player so-and-so has a good relation with uh, media, mm-hmm. and so-and-so does mm-hmm. not. So, mm-hmm. so let, let's, let's take a look, uh, closely examine that. Do we need a good relation with media? I mean, I know media is like an extended colleague of uh, the player in the larger ecosystem, but they have their own responsibilities. So mm-hmm. what does that mean? And, or, and more importantly, is it important to have a good relation or not? Because a lot of time this gets thrown around. And since you're a senior member, you know, you've, yeah. you've seen them all from the Sampras and now to Rublev's of the world. Yeah. So mm-hmm. throw some light on that. You know, it, it, I'm sure it's good to have a good relation, but overall just uh, mm-hmm. uh, talk about this, you know, in, in which way it's more appropriate, the relation between players and media. Uh, like with all things in life, I think it is, uh, it, it's, it works to have a good relationship with the media. I think it helps. Uh, but is it the only way? I don't think so. I'm, uh, 
there there may be players you know half the new uh, the, uh, the press room does not feel anything for but you might connect to one two and that's fine because at the end of the day sakib we're there to tell the story so if you come in and you just start snubbing every reporter no that's not going to work or if you're just going to be rude and put a, a reporter down if you're going to say i can play better tennis than you will ever be able to play okay that's fine that that's how that's how you want to do things i i, I don't know whether it harms a player as much as i think that it's not somebody player uh, the, the media will cater to in in the sense that if and mostly can i uh, i want to tell you this if, if people it is some of the ones who may have had some success and uh, who who are that way um, not not you know the 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 uh, you'll never hear this from the serenas or the fedras or the the the, uh, the rafas they they understand the importance or djokovic they they understand the importance of the, uh, of the platform and why it must be there so it it really actually at the end of the day it doesn't matter it's your it's your result if your result is good even if you come there and snub us the story must be told and we will tell it so if you can control your results that's the most important thing but in engaging with the media like i think the i think by far everyone uh, the, the person who's you know just swept it all would be roger federer he is just outstanding in the way he deals with, with interest you know deals with the press conferences he even in smaller tour stops he goes out goes so far as to tell you have i answered your question and it's not like he do, does it once or twice probably once every day because he sometimes he doesn't understand what you're asking it's and it helps you know it, it then when your results are not so good that helps that that's one side of it but if you get if you have your results and you don't care about the media and you don't feel you have to be nice or uh, you know even polite well, that's fine too as long as you come in there and do your job it's fine no that's that that's good to know uh so let's focus on the big three a little bit and their media demands mm-hmm. as andy rodick said i think he played that bnp paribas exhibition mm-hmm. at madison square garden with ferrer i think in 2012 mm-hmm. when and he said you know he was a former world number one and you know for the longest mm-hmm. time the, the the best american player and he said mm-hmm. he was amazed when he saw uh when they did media he said he was amazed when he saw how much media ferrer had to do in that mm-hmm. square garden event and rodick said i don't even have 10% of his obligations and you know he was so so much patient with the media mm-hmm. uh, you know again you know we can go on you know we can find accolades about you know all sort of things but uh, mm-hmm. has has the media relation or how do i say it has the media following of tennis change say in the big 3 era compared to the tail end of sampras agassi becker era whatever you saw so how do you mm-hmm. compare the two landscapes especially if you look at the men's tennis in the early 2000s to what it is now mm-hmm. I would say that in the majors um it see I, I with the main uh, tennis contingent you know I don't think anything has changed the whole traveling circus it has its you know a core group of journalists I I don't think in that sense much has changed but you have a lot of new media you have a lot of um, um you know uh, television new new television uh, television stations etc etc so the bulk has grown 
but the uh, the what shall we say the base is pretty much the same or the foundation or the core group is pretty much the same that that has not changed uh, uh, yes but these three along with serena uh, and to some extent sharapova because obviously she didn't have the kind of success serena has had they have really grown the sport without a shadow of a doubt it's uh, it's reached i think in a way that it's everywhere it's they've taken it to boardrooms they t- they've taken it to villages far flung areas there's a connect everywhere because look at the number of kids playing single fisted backhands today and i i actually had a coach write to me and tell me please do not i had done a story on the single fisted backhand on you know federer's influence on that uh, and he said please do not do this because there are kids who come into uh, in, uh, for a coaching session and actually believe they can hit the ball like Roger Federer and you know in in if you if you want to take a tennis match in in a sense the the most solid shot is the two-hander so they don't you know it's it, it it's from something as small as or technical as as a as a shot to really growing its markets and making it bigger more visible taking it in every possible way to every corner of this globe i don't think the earlier era has ever been able to uh, you know uh, take tennis to 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 places it's never gone to or you know i don't think anyone else has been except for these the, with with federers and the nadals and serenas the stories are so compelling saket i mean it's impossible not to cover that it's just whether they do press or they don't do press or whatever they do i mean the man is almost 40 serena will be 40 and the way they fight i mean it's beyond anything you you can imagine in you know as a sports fan never mind a journalist never mind a, a fellow player i mean they have broken boundaries they were addressed every single issue in their careers it's compelling it's it's absolutely compelling and yes they have, he has been extraordinarily kind with time given interviews given press done any number of press conferences it's 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 really it's it's been a privilege to be uh, able to cover in the sera sure so another subset of uh, you know a journalist modern journalist now again i don't, I don't want to mm-hmm. say modern but it's, it's been you know there for now a good 10 years the rise of social media you know mm-hmm. you want to talk to players and cover their stories and write about them and the consumers were people like me and you know, and, and the fans but now mm-hmm. what has happened is with twitter and you know other social outlets mm-hmm. you can also see the pulse of the fan i'm not saying every fan because like you said india is still a very hugely like a newspaper society but a lot of mm-hmm. indians are also on twitter and twitter is the mm-hmm. happening place and be a player be a journalist if someone mm-hmm. says something that doesn't sit well you know the mm-hmm. twitter mm-hmm. the twitter population lets you know And, mm-hmm. uh, and there's also a new feeling i think you know when you were doing great work to begin with but you never had feedback now there's this new element of feedback mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. how much attention do you pay what's happening say if you put out a story i don't know you are not particularly active on twitter uh yes i'm yeah. but uh, w- what part of your work gets impacted or do you see as a positive to to see a lot of you know some sort of even critical feedback if you're a writer because no beat gets missed if you write something remotely about mm-hmm. a favorite player of a fan base be it federer be it djokovic be it murray uh mm-hmm. the way people will find it and then they'll let you know or any writer know 
So yes, yes. how do you write this level of transparency, you know, a uh, new way of doing things? I think it's good. I think there's, um, I, I, I think it's fair. If we've put our word out there, it's for everybody to consume it and get back to you or, or troll you. I mean, it, it happens, I guess. But uh, uh, I think it, see, in the old days, Sakib, it was letters to the editor, right? So now it's the comments column, I suppose, uh, in uh, in the internet and in Twitter, it probably comes back to you that much quicker. But it's, I, I would think it's okay as long as they understand what, what uh, you know, understand the system, understand matches, understand issues, understand the history of a sport. I'm okay with that. The, uh, if you can un- take all that in, like in um, the Osaka case, oh God, people just went after everybody for, I mean, without even an understanding of what had happened. And, and to say that, oh, they don't deserve it. They don't, uh, they don't deserve the press conferences and, you know, what Roland Garris did was bad. And, uh, and that first mocking message that mocked at a system and an establishment was just like forgotten. And, you know, that's, that's not fair. It's not uh, because, I mean, I don't know how many journalists go back on Twitter and say, no, you know, you got it wrong. I couldn't be bothered, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not correct. I mean, it's not okay simply because it's not correct. And it's not that I'm passing judgment on anything that happened. If you just go back and see the, you know, the, the series of events right from when it started, that's how it began. And did it have to begin like that? No, it didn't have to. No, you, so I had someone coming and saying to me that, you know, you, uh, it's not what if and what becomes. It's, you know, what, how they treated her was bad. I mean, that was, a, that was a reaction. It was not the action. So, I mean, I don't know. So, yeah, I'm okay with, the, with, with criticism, with complaints, with, uh, you know, comments. I'm okay with all of that as long as there is an understanding of things. There is an understanding of the history of the sport. There is an understanding of how things function. If all that is there, yes, absolutely. I mean, if you, nobody's perfect. So yeah, go, go after us. I'm okay with that. But like I said, there should be an understanding of things. You're right. In the larger subset, you know, there is overall lack of empathy. And, you know, mm-hmm. I can also raise my hand. I've been that guy you see someone make a smallest error while reporting mm-hmm. or tweeting about a match, everybody, you know, quote, quote tweets or retweets saying, oh, this person, you know, messed us mm-hmm. up. And, you know, we all make mistakes. And there's this whole judgment culture, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I've been trying to stop myself because, you know, recently, I think senior journalist uh, Chris Otto, I think, asked mm-hmm. Novak Djokovic when he beat Nadal and at Roland mm-hmm. Garros. He just mm-hmm. missed the part, active yeah. player. And then yes. everybody... And their grandmother mm-hmm. and their nephew, everybody in the world pointed out it's Robin Soderling, and then he was mm-hmm. muted. And you know, like this is, and and and, and you know, we all have to sit back. One, mm-hmm. it was an honest error by someone who has a body of work, who knows the sport well, and of course, mm-hmm. he, you know, he might not know few things. He first, he's the first one to admit, but he of course knows it was Robin Soderling, right? So mm-hmm. these errors get magnified, and we all pretend mm-hmm. that we don't make mistakes in our day jobs, right? But mm-hmm. 
but the larger subset is you know like you said there's a reaction to it now mm-hmm. some people will say oh this is a journalist you know who asked you know world number 1 about the dominance of nadal and he missed this kind of detail but what people mm-hmm. are overlooking is you know the impacts and aftermath of that that a, a credible journalist got muted and and mm-hmm. they are they are like you you will admit there are like people in there like who asked questions you know little out of line like the question shouldn't be there when someone comes to a match you know so it's it, it's tough to paint everyone with the same brush and you know and we all mm-hmm. have given judgment i've even spoken about a guy on my podcast i was embarrassed when mm-hmm. i went to montreal and then you know mm-hmm. now we are like twitter friends and mm-hmm. there was so wrong of me to highlight his question in one of my episodes and kind of mock him mm-hmm. and you live and learn mm-hmm. you know i I'm, i'm happy to admit he called me out and we made peace and mm-hmm. i didn't realize i'm offending him but you know that's the that, that's a you know quick judgment culture there is and then but then we, at the same time we don't have time to give people benefit out who we don't know we are on twitter we have mobile device the most powerful mm-hmm. thing we have boom we tweet something mm-hmm. and we'll just put it out there get 15 likes two retweets and you know in in a matter of space we might have just you know uh fractured someone's confidence mm-hmm. so let's i mean we we are going so much into the world tennis so let's take a look back at the indian tennis i have a subset of questions mm-hmm. here so mm-hmm. with sumit nagal right okay guys this nagal is not nagal a lot of people have asked me so it's official mm-hmm. i talked to i asked prajwal how you pronounce his name so w- again going back to media's responsibility is there some responsibility i'm sure every newspaper mm-hmm. outlet has done a story of him but how mm-hmm. do you project him or his if you if you if, if from your lens how do you project him to the indian masses i mean uh th- that's again how how do you break a player i mean uh to to the respective audience uh is it organic or sometimes you know you do a couple of stories if the results are not mm-hmm. there because what comes mm-hmm. first the results or the story and at what point there is no story if there are no results so when do you make that decision uh i think at least with me there has to be results before i i break i i try not to go with uh, back stories or um you know if somebody dulls me in and tells me what's this player i try not to go because i i like to watch a player and figure the player out yes so um and uh, i i can say the same with uh, say sanya or somdev or uh, leander mahesh even and uh, uh, yeah now sumit prajnesh ankita yes i'd like I, i like to watch the players uh and how do you break them down is uh i I always I I uh, I try and report their matches or their uh, tell their stories as is without comparison to comparing them to another 23 year old from Germany or whatever you know and um I would I I like to have the technicalities in there like the the you know the pace of their serve their ground game the kind of errors they're making because just to give it perspective not so that i don't want uh, expectations to be raised but when you tell a story as is you're able i mean i i think you're being fair to the player without you know putting undue pressure on the player so i i i think especially for indian tennis it's important to say it as it is and without comparison to any other country or system or you know because th- what india has is com- is unique i mean nobody has this problem that we have we are we have a tremendous tennis history 
And here we are unable to break through. Right now, as we speak, we must be having two players in the top 150 of the world ranking in men and women. And I would even go so far as to say it is our number one individual sport. But yes, so to tell that story is, Sakib, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, uh, it's, um, it's, it's hard, but, you know, I won't say that it is, um, uh, you know, that I feel bad saying it because, uh, yes, I, I want more success. I want our, our guys to have, but I understand it. You know, I really, really understand how, the struggles of a Nagal, of a Nagal, of a Prajnesh, of a Ram Kumar, of an Ankita. I, I, I truly, truly get it. And, uh, you know, any any success they have is, I think, has to be said as is, you know, because it, it is big. And, you know, we we will not understand this. Like often on Twitter, they, uh, you have people saying that, oh, they're always losing in the first round. They're always losing, uh, like in, in a Grand Slam first round or something. I want to say they're just 128 players in the draw and they're one of that. And it's yeah, how many people it, do we know who are 100, top 100 yeah. in the profession right in the world? So. Yes, you know, it is that way. And Sakib, you have to understand that in the era of until, okay, with Somdev and Sani, I can't say that, uh, you know, that era had not yet begun. But after Vijay and Ramesh and even Mahesh and Leander, the kind of advances the world has made in science and technology none of which is available to our players. They come from, they, you, you know, early, always Indian tennis or the, the, the players that we've had are a product of their parents' dreams. Sanya is, but not Somdev. Somdev made his own journey. But he, Somdev and he, and NCAA he, help, right? I think that's where. Yes, yes. He played collegiate. Yes, that's what I'm saying. He's done it his way. He's done, you know, like, Hundreds of uh, Indian kids go uh, go out and play the NCAA. One boy made it. One boy missed exams to go and play futures, God knows where. One boy, uh, you know, uh, managed with whatever coaching he could get from from that to take it onto the pro tour instead of just, uh, you know, sticking on with a career in whatever. What did he study? Sociology. You know, take go on in, in those lines. He He took the plunge. It's, it's very hard to take that plunge. For a middle-class Indian, it is very, very hard choice to make tennis because just such few people succeed. And when you, when you compare, okay, who did uh, um, uh, Nagal lose to yesterday? Okay, whoever. Uh, you know, you take uh, Sumit against uh, his opponent and look at that other player. He comes from a system. He has backing. Sumit is just pursuing it on his own. He's got Somdev with him now. He's got, you know, when you're finished one day and you just sit down at the end of the day, I mean, there are so many things to deal with for an Indian player, which and a person from America or, or Japan or, I mean, Australia don't even have to think of because they have so much support. And I, I, I tell you why I understand this, uh, Sakib, is because my journey itself has been a lonely journey. As a, as, as a journalist, when I started out, there's no other Indian journalists. I, I've done, 
you know, every little step is a huge hurrah for me. It's because what a British journalist or an American journalist or someone else just is, I mean, it's something automatic. It's, it's not that way for me. I have to learn and I can understand why these kids take so long to make it. You know, by the time they actually realize what they can do, it's, they're already like 28, 29. And then, you know, you're, you're dropping off the curve. Sure. So it, so it is, um, I'm sorry if I didn't answer your question. No, no, I think you answered yes. actually a lot and you also planted the next few questions and you're right. You know, <laughs> again, I was saying the judgment culture, you know, as you know, a lot of time the fandom, uh, even the, sometimes snarky remarks, oh, we are a country of mm -hmm. a million people and we don't have someone in the top 50. You know, that's coming from a place of good, yeah. even though, you know, a Nagal or, you know, a Ram Kumar doesn't want to listen to it. But uh, mm -hmm. let's uh, then keep asking why. And then we arrive at the Tennis Federation and you said, you know, they don't come from a system. So how mm -hmm. has the Federation evolved over the years? What are, what are its strengths? What are its weakness? Has it even grown? Uh, again, you know, like coming from a total vantage point where I don't know. I mean, I follow mm -hmm. a lot of tennis, but I don't know the roots of Indian tennis. So then mm -hmm. a lot of my listener base are Indian in the U.S. and, you know, other countries. And they mm -hmm. want to know why. And if Sanya is a product of her parents, you know, hard mm -hmm. work, mm -hmm. the Federation cannot take credit. So what, what is the gap here? And, you know, let's just give an overview where the Federation is. What does it lack? What is it trying to do to promote the sport? Is it role models? I mean, fire away. I mean, I don't even know what the right question is, but just educate us about the Federation's relation to the players and what does it do? Okay, so Sanya was, uh, I think, the last of the players. Uh, I don't know what their age difference is. Somdev and no, it would be Sanya would be the last of the, uh, you know, the product of their parents' dreams kind of player. And uh, you know, she when when she started, her dad couldn't even afford hotel rooms. They drove around in an uh, some sedan. I forget the name of the car. Some brand okay whatever that was he filled it with uh, Imran had uh, you know used um, uh, you know a cylinder a gas cylinder so that he didn't have to uh, uh, spend a lot for fuel attached it in, in that and they would sleep in the car in, in in tournaments or they would take one room so that Sanya could get the rest and he could you know he would sleep in the he and uh, you know maybe Nasima would sleep in the car and so that Sanya could have a proper hotel room to herself and prepare. So that, so when you talk about a lack of a system, that is what I'm trying to say. There is no system. There never was, there isn't one. And I don't know if there will be one tomorrow. The thing is with, uh, with okay, so what we do have, uh, Sakib is a whole lot of matches. We have a lot of futures matches. We have a lot. Mm, I'm not sure if we have that many challengers anymore, but there was a time when we had a hell of a lot when, you know, Liang and Mahesh came along. Uh, so we have ITF, the smaller grade tournaments. We, we have a lot of tournaments, but we don't have, we, we don't have a system that feeds these tournaments. We don't have the, you know, the coaching we don't have the uh, the technology for training. We don't. We we just don't have a plan. We never had one. So you will find every now and then players just coming, you know, by themselves. Now, if in the middle of this pandemic, every country has had a national base where their players could train. We didn't have our players were wherever they want. Sumit the the first of the, in the in the first wave. Sumit stayed in uh, in in Germany. 
Prajnesh came back home. He was stuck here. Ramkumar came back home. He was stuck in Chennai. Ankita was stuck in uh, Pune. That's how it is. Had, did we have a system, we'd have got our players together and helped them train, helped them, you know, given a base for them. It's not that we didn't have talent, you know. We've had a lot of talent. Look, look at Yuki Bambri. I mean, what a fantastic talent that boy is. But what kind of backing has he had? What kind of backing has any Indian player had? And why, you ask? Why, why, why don't we have that? Why don't our players have a backing? I don't know. I might be a minority in thinking this way. But I think it really suits the All India Tennis Federation not to have successful players. Because if you have successful players, you're answerable to your players. If you have a heavyweight player, you're answerable to him. It suited them more than it suited anybody for Leander Mahesh to have fought and have that, you know, the constant bickering which ripped Indian tennis apart in two. And for generations to come, we're divided by that divide. So, yeah, yes. That, that was an ugly spat. I mean, I didn't even yes. want to go there. I mean, not that yes. other federations haven't had that. Becker Steak had his moment, but that yes. was just like a soap opera. I mean, that was just uh, painful to even, yes. to even, you know, read about it in the news. Yeah. Yeah. And it suited them, you know, it suited this federation to divide and rule. It, no. it, no, okay. Yeah. No, I think you said a, a lot of interest. Sorry to cut you off, but again, uh, mm-hmm. my train of thought is so with all these academies, Mahesh's Academy and Rohan's mm-hmm. Academy and other academies, is there a hybrid plan where they can take maybe work with the Federation and identify some young talent before it goes down the drain and maybe support them? I don't know, you know, how those academies work because most academies are private, so I'm sure uh, the platform mm-hmm. is different. So has there any? Uh, progress been made there? Is, is there some sort of a cohesive marriage between these federations and the uh, Indian, uh, you know, the, these, these academies in the Indian Federation? Yeah, no, I don't think there is. I absolutely don't think there is. And actually, I would be really happy that there, there shouldn't actually be uh, because, you know, if it would be fantastic if the AITA would drop a plan and say, like, uh, like uh, a Mahesh or a Rohan or a Leander, you know, if you all give give us your top players or or at least have a list of the top academies where they take the best players and say, okay, we back you guys. Okay, we back these players. We have a talent pool of say 20 under 12 players. 10 guys, 10 girls, uh, 10 boys, 10 girls and take it from there. No, they, they don't want Sakib, when I say they don't want, they don't want a top ten player. I mean it. They don't want one because you are answerable to a player. Then you have a voice. It suited them for Sanya to to shift her focus to doubles. It suited them. I'm not that she was scared of them, and so she, she so she shifted. That's not it. But when you have a top singles player, you're answerable to him. When Somdev was 62 in the world, that's when we had that, uh, you know, when the players refused to, you know, travel economy class with Davis Cup ties. When it was, when Leander and Mahesh were at the beginning of their careers that we had the 1993 revolt when players asked for more money in, 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 uh, for, for Davis Cup. When you have a powerful voice, you listen to the player. You don't call the shots. They don't want that. Okay, so it's not the that we lack talent because, you know, the early days there used to be, you know, we are not that tall and big like a Boris Becker or, you know, no. 
like an Andres mm-hmm. Gomez. So mm-hmm. uh, it's administration always. And uh, mm-hmm. again, in cricket too, you know, like as much as the Golden Goose cricket is, everything's coming out, you know, like the, the fans and the popularity is the biggest currency. The BCC mm-hmm. administration leaves a lot to be desired, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> cats out of the bag, we don't have to go there. Uh, so mm-hmm. tennis being an Olympic sport, and like you said, it's one of the best or the foremost individual sports in India. Even mm-hmm. then, you know, there, there, there are no efforts to groom some sort of talent because uh, even a doubles medal, a medal through doubles mm-hmm. will only be a possibility if you produce world-class doubles players. So it looks exactly. like, uh, you know, there's no, there's no work in progress uh, to yeah. meet the wor- world standards. Yes. Yeah, no, there isn't. There isn't. If you, yeah. if somebody like, like an Agal or Ram Kumar, or, you know, one of them just go there and start winning or Prajnesh or an Ankita or a Karman, just for the strength of their own will, something can happen, but yeah. Is there a system? Is there a plan? No. Yeah, I met Ram Kumar in Newport and, you know, him and we had you know, dinner with Leander mm-hmm. himself and they were telling me the struggles, you know, like how Ram Kumar was hanging out after he lost in the first round of singles because he had mm-hmm. to go to Binghamton, New York. So he stayed with Leander, practiced there and then, you know, he had to take a bus from Boston to mm-hmm. all the way to upstate New York. And, mm-hmm. you know, the choice was to go to Chicago or, you know, Binghamton. And that just gave me mm-hmm. full appreciation, you know, the decisions they have to make and playing tennis for money is not easy. And then, you know, you add in all the other things that we don't know, the lack yeah. of financial support from the Federation and, and even shoes, I'm sure. Shoes are exactly. expensive if you, if you don't yeah. have sponsorship, how, you know, how many shoes you go through as a pro. I mean, that's something we forget. Exactly. <laughs> When uh, I think Yuki was ranked 80, 81 or something like that, one Australian Open, uh, and he was playing without any sponsorship. That's, you know, that's when you can't, and really, Sakib, for India, this is not difficult. And we have said this ad nauseum, you know, disgusted. You, all, you know, you have Indians living all over the world. We're such a large population. All you need to do is find families that take kids in to, you know, for if they're there in Melbourne for two weeks, if they're in wherever for two weeks uh, for, for, for a tournament, you can, you can easily, easily discount the travel if you want to. If you really want to, if you really want to pursue that plan of producing a champion. You have a player coming out of every corner of the planet except India. Why? I, I, I cannot understand it. And yet I can understand because I know what these kids are going through. Exactly. And if you look at the big three, right, uh, even on Twitter, I think mm-hmm. the biggest fandom of uh, Djokovic, Federer and Nadal fans come from India. Yeah, you know? obviously, because we don't have our own player, right? right. And, 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 and that too in tennis is huge. I mean, you know, maybe it's mm-hmm. after uh, cricket and football. Yes, yes. No, that, that, that's not a good truth to explore, but I think that, you know, you gave a lot of important answers and, you know, every fan should listen to this and maybe see, you know, especially in the big cities like, you know, London, uh, mm-hmm. you know, New York and, you know, all the Masters 1000 Grand Slam cities, maybe, you know, we should we should approach and maybe to, to, to some way, you know, comfort these players mm-hmm. and offer them uh, our support. All right. Yeah. So last few minutes uh, of this, uh, mm-hmm. let's talk about, you know, your journalism days. That's how it started. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now we we have so many women covering professional sport globally, but the story mm-hmm. coming out that, you know, it's still outnumbered 
And I was just telling my sister the other day, like, you know, in tennis, mm-hmm. I was introduced, mm-hmm. always calling it men's tennis and women's tennis. But now mm-hmm. I keep hearing women's cricket and men's cricket. That doesn't even sound mm-hmm. like but that's the kind of change we need to embrace. Why is it cricket and not women's cricket? So mm-hmm. going back to your coverage, how, mm-hmm. what kind of challenges did you face? Uh, I, I know tennis is always an elite sport in India. But mm-hmm. was it any different covering tennis as a woman than, say, your peers who were covering cricket and the challenges they were facing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it was very, it, it was lonely. It was very lonely, Sake. See, with uh, with Sharda and, uh, you know, with, with the other girls, there was someone else they could talk to. There was another girl. There was another woman in the room. Uh there was nobody for me. We are a small fraternity, which means when we, when I travel, I had no one to room with. I had no one to talk, uh, you know, talk things over with at the end of the day. It was, it was very, I think it was very, very lonely. And uh, I think, yeah, that's what I remember the most, but more than anything, what I remember of that time was this, you know, I was just so grateful, Sakip, to be wherever I was. You know, all the tournaments that I got to cover, everywhere that I went. I was the only one there. as the only Indian. There were no men or women. People were kind. I think I think the international media in tennis is very, is very generous with their time, with, you know, explaining things to you. It's, it's not easy, but it, it, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I had a lot of help and people were kind to me. It's, it was very, very difficult when I was doing challenges in India. You know, I, uh, I remember I was covering a, uh, what's it, a Davis Cup tie? I think it is India and Chile. And I was staying in this hotel where, you know, random people were knocking on my door at 10 o'clock because it was in the capital city. And, uh, you know, men thought that if, it's, if it is a woman, this was the 90s, a woman was staying alone in a hotel room. I mean, you know, that you're fast or you're whatever, some nonsense like that so yes I there were there were very uncomfortable moments I remember that uh and obviously that thing of you know even in your own desk or in your own office that actually a woman knows sport or a woman uh, and okay with me it was very grudgingly accepted that I knew my tennis and no more than tennis because uh I played tennis you know so uh yeah so you're faced with all these difficult things. But, you know, I don't remember so much of it, Saki. But I'll tell you why. It's, I think, the fact that I really loved the sport. And I was truly, truly grateful to be where I was. But I, I wish, having said that, I was more aware of these slights, more aware of all the, of my fight, you know, the uh, the grit and determination that I had in, in pursuing the sport and, you know, tracking it down everywhere. Because I would have made it easier for the girls that came after me, you know. If if I had spoken up when I did or, you know, revolted when I should have, you know, when people, uh, you know, put you in boxes because you're a woman and, uh, you know, that you had no business to know things. I don't know if you know this, but there was a story done on Shardami and uh, Hemal, the, you know, the all-women sports desk, you know, slaying us for being... Uh, sports journalist who knew, who, knew, who knew nothing more than what was it a turn of phrase or some some shit like that it, it is so I wish I remember those things and I wish I'd spoken up in those times I would have made it easier for the girls that came after me so I'm guilty of that but I think the reason I survived was that I could you know I I just rode with the blinders 
and I just said, this is what I love. This is what I'm going to do. And uh, this is what I've done, I guess. Yeah, I think, uh, again, we hear so many of these stories on all these podcasts mm-hmm. and all these forums. And, you know, as, as, as a man, you know, like myself, you, you sometimes mm-hmm. have blinders on. You don't even know. I mean, you know mm-hmm. the struggle of a woman, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's never applied to you. So it's hard to say that, you know, I can even relate. But you've heard mm-hmm. so many of the stories and wonder, you know, like how parallelly, you know, like in any walk of life, you know, mm-hmm. the, the odds were so stacked against. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, one gender and it's just such a shame you know but uh, mm-hmm. I mean in a way you and Sharda and you know your your generation is our groundbreakers and hopefully uh, you know there'll be more uh, you know women in sports I mean we see them already and you know uh, yeah. it's a better environment uh, because you know the mistakes of others have been exemplified mm-hmm. and you know people learn from that. Uh, in this I must uh, um, tell you that there is my colleague in the Times of India, her name is Manuja Virappa. She is uh, like, I think you may have seen us on Twitter. We're all together, Sharda. She, all of us live in Bangalore. You know, she like she wants actually fight for lose for women in stadiums. I mean, can you believe this in this time and age? And I was like, I, 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 I we were on a forum somewhere, and I and I realized, you know, when she said we had to fight for that and i was thinking yes because we didn't we didn't open up at that time we didn't speak up you know my generation didn't speak up so younger kids are do, having to do that had we you know that famous 80s 90s way of being of adjusting with everything had we not been that it would have been easier for them but yes i guess they'll make up they'll they'll do what has to be done yeah, and you guys were the first walking through the door, so you have to give mm-hmm. yourself credit. I mean, you know, there was a lot of barriers that have been, you know, closed and yeah. uh, and you still walk through those. So, yeah, I think, uh, I'm sure uh, the path has been paved. You have to give yourself and your generation credit for doing this, but is it perfect? It's far from perfect. It still has to be yeah. more equal than it is. So I think we covered quite a lot. Again, uh, you know, uh, it's it's a perfect note to end this. Uh, yeah. Any any final comments to, to the listeners, you know, who follow Indian tennis and world tennis? And um, just keep the faith for Indian tennis. I'm sure we're going to have a player right up there. I don't know when, but hopefully sooner than later. Just keep the faith. We're going to break through this. I mean, break through this. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. I don't. I don't know when. I don't know who the player is, but we're going to. There's going to be somebody. Sure. Uh, we wish the same, and thank you for your time. You know. We have just spent a little bit over an hour. This is a great conversation. Hopefully the listeners will draw a lot of information that's needed and also, uh, you know, come out and support Indian tennis in, you know, many different ways. So thank you, Prajwal, for your time. Absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Sakin.